0: Welcome to Extra Points with your host, Cousin Sal, and his pals, Dave Damashek and Charlotte Wilder. All right, welcome to Extra Points, part of the Extra Points Podcast Network. Cousin Sal here with my good, 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 good pals, Dave Damashek and Charlotte Wilder. It is Wednesday, September 2nd, and I am so excited. The day we've been waiting for, guys, it's here. The big announcement. Carol Baskins will be appearing on Dancing with the Stars. We all knew it would happen. No, we don't care about any of that. Fandle. We're partners with Fandle. We did it. (laughs) Tune in all season. We're going to have exclusive offers and odds boosts. Fandle, more ways to win. That's the part I'm supposed to read. But in all honesty, I'm excited. This is a a big announcement. I always imagined I'd be making it um, in sweatpants on Zoom to you guys. But my God, it's here, guys! We're gonna have bet boosts. We're gonna have uh, we're gonna have promo codes. I don't know how that works. I'm excited. I think it's like sort of like when you get your ID card and you could swipe at the dining hall in college. Like I'm very, very pumped to be aligned with them. And uh, it's gonna, J- Dave. You can't lose your your promo code. This is not like the trophy. If they give us a promo code, you have to hold on. I don't think we can get another one. So please.
1: Well, it's a banner day, muzzle tough to you, Sal, of course, muzzle tough to everybody <laughs> at extra points. And really, I like to do around th- this time of the year for all the kids out there, I like to remind them for the the school hating gang out there, which which I count myself among. I like to provide people with some inspirational tales about Bill Gates not having a college degree and LeBron James, you know, didn't go to college or anything and look at them, mm-hmm. they they came out all right. Look, look at look at what we've accomplished, you know, really. Yeah. I'm going to kiss myself into that. A bunch of sitting around watching sports and TV all instead of doing your homework and everything else and and, and look at us now. I think it's a really positive message for for all the kids out there who hate school. I right think now.
0: it is as well. Poor Charlotte over there had only access to PBS for uh much of her um her <laughs> her youth, her childhood <laughs> wow. and look at this now now she's gonna be doing head-to-head contests and stuff like that very excited.
2: drag me so no i love it uh maybe <laughs> does this mean that you're actually gonna teach me how to put money on sports for real
0: i am we're gonna figure it out oh we're God. gonna sit down so we're i'm gonna, gonna be so this. rich rich yeah aren't you excited i
2: can't wait you- for all the yachts i'm gonna buy
0: <laughs> you could buy so i'm just trying to think if a guy is mowing a lawn next door mm-hmm. um you could buy next door and just say hey hit the road
2: that would be You're good that that's the that's my whole now my whole um sort of motivating factor for gambling is so that i can buy the house next door so i can tell <laughs> the lawnmowers mowers. To um, buzz off, as it were, while I'm Ooh. recording a podcast. Also, okay. Shout out to there was a very nice listener on Twitter who told me that uh, they couldn't hear the the lawnmower at all, which was really nice. I think that I noticed listening back. I think I started speaking louder, so I apologize oh. for yelling. But I'm really thrilled that uh, that that noise didn't come through.
0: Right, right. No, I was telling, I didn't hear it at all. I I could tell that you were distracted. I could only tell by because I could see you on I Zoom kept uh, looking out uh, the window. Uh, uh, Audibly, uh, I could tell. Uh, but that wasn't the only nice um listener, Charlotte. We get email at the gang at gmail dot com. That's the gang at gmail dot com. Um, this is from Joe Hack, and he says, This is going to sound like I'm a creeper comment, but I assure you I am a married man with two kids and I have no ulterior motives. I just have to say I love Charlotte's lilting laugh. It's a breath of fresh air compared to Dave's voice. <laughs> I love you, Dave, but you've got a voice for TV. I don't think I did that right. Joe from Lincoln, Nebraska.
2: Wow, that is, Joe. Uh-huh. Shout out, Joe. Thank you. so. That is so... That's the nicest thing anyone's ever said to me.
0: Is it nice? Is it? I don't know what's creepy anymore.
2: I, th- I think I this mean, falls He, he prefaces, somewhere. He prefaces it. Yeah, I know.
0: He, yeah, I know, but it, just because you preface it doesn't mean you're off the hook. Dave, this is somewhere for me between... Aziz Ansari and Bill Cosby, I think. I think honestly, I would take this back, Joe, if you can.
2: I, ha 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 ha
1: ha 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 ha. Just trying to have a lilting laugh. I don't know.
2: Yeah, no, I lilting is. I I mean, I don't know. I think it's nice. I'm going to choose to believe it's nice because that's 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 how I'm going to move through the world in 2020. Okay, good. Is uh, all right. Good. Airing on the side of you know what? Maybe it was nice.
0: I wasn't sure. I think he does have uh, good intentions This Joe Hack. He's married with, I don't know. I hope that out didn't to ruin Joe his Hack's marriage. <clears throat> yeah, that's right. <laughs> Joe Hack's wife for the next six weeks. <clears throat> no, no, it's going to be great. Thank you for uh, listening uh, to Charlotte's laugh. And that's the extra points gang at gmail.com. Man, Dave, you take abuse yet again. I don't know. Just, can't someone just compliment somebody? I have to put you. Uh, listen, down.
1: you you know me, you know me. I'm always uh, glass half full, going through uh, going through this life <clears> on the big blue marble. And I, if I can steal just a, a little bit of shine or bask in the reflected glory, mm-hmm. while you're at it, go ahead and subscribe right now. Not available till Friday, but you can get in like one of the cool kids on the block. Yeah, like when when the white stripes broke, but only to a very <laughs> a, a select few. Only uh, remember when pavement made it big. Yeah, Then it was like. Only the cool kids are like, "Hey, I've been I- I've been in on them since the get go." Yeah, be that guy or woman here and now. Get in, subscribe to minus three right now. Maybe even we'll we'll uh, isolate charlotte's lap and use it as a drop oh on that's minus good three. that's hot now so everything, everything i say
2: I, i'm like how am i laughing <laughs> ha, 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 <laughs> See, <laughs> wow <laughs> all
1: right Dave, so relax. little things <laughs>
2: <laughs> wait uh minus i just want to go on record and say that i yeah. liked minus three before it was cool so
0: yeah well so that's us uh, that that was uh, that was an example of deflecting i think on dave's part because that's what he does if he were now if he were a fan of minus three he would subscribe and then as soon as the uh, intro was delivered that would be, he'd be out he'd be on to the next podcast because too many people had heard it already mm-hmm. so
1: that's oh, that's yesterday's reality. news there you go. Minus 3 but like we'll get to that uh, hopefully in 3 years also, yeah, so hopefully. how many emails yeah. do
2: we get like do we get a lot of emails
0: oh my god um no we don't oh. No, we get uh, we, we we get like uh, why you want me to follow uh, them? Yes, to you? I do.
2: I love email. Okay. I love. E- I, oh, you when, do? I get so excited when I get an email. Like it, it's to the point where I'll send myself an email to remember to do something, and then my phone will ding, and it'll be like you have a new email, and I'll be like, really? oh my god, an email, and then it's from myself.
0: It's from you. Okay. All right. Well, that's the extra points gang <laughs> at, at Gmail. That
1: happens to me Constantly. Too. Like, uh, it,
0: it does. You
1: just sent that, idiot. Yeah. yeah I, to my- uh,
0: if you want to make young Charlotte happy and hear that uh, lilting laugh, <laughs> send us an email at the extra points gang at gmail.com. All right, NBA, let's get into it. Um, tonight, Bucks minus four and a half over Miami, 221 the over under, according to FanDuel, our new partner. And uh, I think the Bucs take game two. They love taking game one off. That's it. They lost to Orlando. I think they think it's like a practice game, you know, like when mm-hmm. you're uh, when you're volleying and tennis, but like, well, what do you mean we started? No, that, that we were just hitting it over the net. Uh, Bucks minus four and a half. I think Giannis will have more than four shots in the fourth quarter in this one. I think they cover Rockets minus five and a half over OKC. Man, I don't know. These game sevens they are very, very tough to call. I would take the underdog there. The over/under's 219. We saw last night, guys, Denver-Utah Game 7, the Nuggets prevailed 80 to 78. Mike Conley missed a buzzer beater after Tory Craig. Imagine Tory Craig misses a layup on the other side after Donovan Mitchell turns it over. There was a lot of emotion in that game. Charlotte, I know you said you felt bad for um, Donovan Mitchell at the end. It was very cathartic. It was kind of weird. Like Utah kind of, I don't want to say they started this whole COVID thing, but it did begin with Rudy Gobert and, you know, Donovan Mitchell. And now Utah is out of it. And it was an exciting uh, series, but kind of a boring, lethargic game seven until the end.
2: Yeah. I mean, I felt, I just ached for Donovan Mitchell. I tweeted that because he has been so outstanding through this whole series. And then- Imagine he lost the ball. Was it did Jamal Murray steal it at the end? I, I can't. Re- but he he yeah. tripped and it wasn't entirely his fault and was just lying down on the ground. And um, and that was it. You know, if he'd made that the game would have been a very different story. And. It doesn't seem obviously he he shouldn't blame himself because, you know, it doesn't come down to the last play and he did so much for his team. But being so competitive, you could just see on his face this sort of anguish of like, oh, my God, did I just blow it? And I think it was an amazing run for the Jazz. I was trying to find some way to tweet this and I couldn't come up with any way that didn't feel sort of Wrong, So I didn't tweet it, but I think I can say it a little better, which is I will never look at Rudy Gobert without thinking about how he touched all of the microphones and stopped sports. Yeah. So, you know, when they said something about like a, you know, contact from Rudy Gobert, I wanted to be like contact tracing. But then, you know, it didn't. <laughs> right. But I mean, I thought it was a, I thought it was a really um, a, a good game at the end in terms of being exciting. But it was not high scoring and everyone yeah. just looked so tired. And if you look at it,
0: they didn't slow down the pace because you look I think there was only one fewer possession per or however that works for sixty minutes, but the shots were awful. Mm-hmm. you know you could tell there was uh, they weren't getting their legs underneath it. they were hitting the side of the backboard, and I don't know, it just seemed to me like All right, these guys are human. How could we expect superhuman efforts inside a bubble or anywhere for seven straight games? and uh I actually bet Jamal Murray under. And he didn't light it up. His over-under was 32 and a half points after scoring like 40, 50 in two out of three games. Um, I was like, he's going under. His his average is 26 or something. And, you know, in game sevens too last year, he had like 19 and 23 or something. Dave, th- these guys, the stars didn't light it up. It just felt like a weird, weird game seven. I feel bad that it's over. But did we expect too much out of these guys? Uh,
1: I mean, I guess so. These, you know. We've never seen anything like this, so we have. It's hard to measure energy and everything else. Yeah, it's it's just it's the recurring theme of these bubble games. Is uh they, they, I I don't know if we want to call it an asterisk or not. But real quick for Charlotte uh, with Rudy Gobert, uh, late breaking news: We don't have to worry about him anymore because I understand Kirk Cousins has <laughs> swallowed him whole, so we don't have to worry <laughs> about that anymore. No worry there. And if he dies, so be. We got to get to that chokes, later. He chokes. Sure, cousins. Um. Anyway, um. <laughs> I I I. What occurred to me watching the game last night is, or or right as it ended, right? There's like, oh, that that ball went in. Oh, it came back out, and oh, they almost won the game. And I felt like, um, this kind of is on the cusp of a Cliff's Notes classic. I don't know if that's a good name or Sports Center highlight classic. The game itself wasn't good. But people will remember it as being a classic because of how it ended. It right. reminds me of of um, you know the the Rams Titans Super Bowl, which is a stinker of a game. Yep. But people look back. That's well, how do you not rate <laughs> that as maybe the best Super Bowl of all time? Or the Steelers over the Cardinals because the games in general weren't good. They just had a couple of big plays in them. Mm-hmm. It also reminds me of any uh, double or triple overtime Stanley Cup fi- uh, Stanley Cup game right. between calendar years 99 and about uh, 2010 when those were all snoozers as well but yes yeah this I think we can ascribe this game to uh, to that level it's not actually a good game <clears throat> just ended the and game.
0: then I felt bad because I said this is the worst competitive game seven I've ever seen Be like uh you know with 15 minutes left or whatever but uh Lakers Celtics game seven I was reminded pretty bad Lakers shot 32 percent and won 83 79 Charlotte you were like four months old um, I don't know, Colby, we can't, I know, speak ill of him, but he was six for 24, not his best game. I think he had like 15 rebounds, but, um, so that was oh, uh,
1: super bowl, super bowl five. That's maybe the, the best example of all 1613, I think is, uh, the final score, <laughs> a complete stinker turnover, fest, up and down. And then Jim O'Brien uh, the rookie Dallas. head on kicker makes, uh, yeah. makes, uh, the little chip shot.
2: I mean, the goalposts weren't even
0: where they're supposed to be. Go ahead, the that'
2: Ram Super Bowl a few years ago. Yeah. That was that I was that was yep. boring. I mean, but there I don't think there was Terrible. even. I mean, I guess there was one big play at the end. Was it Edelman? Yeah, it was the Edelman. Um,
0: oh, stop! You know what it was. Don't try to try to re- <laughs> and dig it out. <laughs> well, well, I don't want to say the fans. wrong
2: thing because I definitely <clears throat> could be get it wrong. But I yeah. <laughs> I don't think there's no moment from that game that like all I remember is sitting there being like, wow, this you know defense. Sure does win championships.
1: Oh, that. Oh, you're talking about the more. Yeah, that was a bum Super Bowl. But there, there was even kind of ball play were. at the end. Yeah. So
2: I don't think the analogy works out. I just had to somehow right. get Boston even more involved in the conversation. Yeah.
0: Of course you did. Well, right. the thing that bums me out about that was um, not sure those teams should have been in the Super Bowl Saints mm. and Chiefs that those games were great or at least came down to the last minute. And I was like, damn, if the Saints and Chiefs are in this game. This is not three, nothing at half or whatever the hell it was. Um, but uh, not that I hate defensive struggles, but, uh, or matchups, but um yeah. Well, you could have
1: had, you could have you, you had chiefs in Rams. Yeah. One of them. That, right. What a gem that would have been. Obviously that would have been a wonderful. Yeah. Season. Anything without the Patriots. And let's talk
0: about that. Uh, Kemba destroys Toronto. Boston seems like they're back. Obviously we had a nice master plan for Boston. It was going to be nothing. You know they're going to only be left with beans and cream pie if if the Red Sox <laughs> went away, which they will. Uh, the Bruins are gone now. We just needed the Celtics to do their job, and the Patriots will end up eight and eight. But no, damn, Charlotte. Well, yeah, Tampa I mean, goes the, crazy. The Toronto's s- spirit might be broken.
2: I. What do you think? Don't think it looks great for the Raptors, but I also won't count them out I think they're a scrappy team I think that Nick Nurse is is a really really smart coach and and that is what worries me a little bit I don't want you know Boston to get too comfortable where I think that they could become vulnerable but I also I wrote um the piece that I was telling you guys I was going to write about how how lovable these Celtics are and I think it's it's got to be sort of ruining the the brains of sports fans across America trying to reckon with a Boston team being like genuinely lovable Mm -hmm. Um, I also think that Marcus Smart might have read the piece that I wrote because I wrote that it's endearing when he just continually misses threes I feel like every time I've turned on a Celtics (laughs) game it's been Marcus Smart you know shooting a three and missing and then last night he makes five threes in a row so I just want to say you're welcome to New England for giving Mm -hmm. you that win because I did that for you.
0: There you go. Who's the smart one now? <laughs> it's Charlotte Wilder. Um, you did it. Yeah, I know this team, Pascal Siakam, <clears throat> needed to step it up, and he he stepped out of bounds on a crucial play at the end. I don't know what the – I'm not saying Toronto's going to give up. Now, Dave, there's two ways to look at this. Normally, Toronto would be down 2 nothing. The series would be heading back to Boston. Am I right? And then things would look really dire. Now you could take it like that and say, well, okay, that's not happening. So Toronto has more of a chance. Or do you look at it as a team that down two nothing says, Hey, we're down to nothing. We're in a bubble. We want to get home. Um, let's uh, let's not make more of this than too much of an uphill climb. Which way would you see this as Toronto and Nick nurse's team?
1: Well, yeah, it's uh, based on, right. Need to win. It's essential, obviously, for the Raptor, <clears throat> Raptors to win. So that's an interesting logic as you as you decide where to put your money down. I think what to look at, not that they're exact um, a, a perfect comp, but you know, I'm with you ultimately that Giannis and company um, cover the um, four and a half tonight. Mm-hmm. But it's one to watch though, because this is again there. I, I know that the Raptors got over the hump last year, but they did that with Kawhi leading the way. I think this is a a big spot for these bucks right now. I think watch this game, and I, I'm gonna stick with the Celtics to <clears throat> survive the East ultimately, um, no matter what. But I think this is a big time game for Milwaukee. If they if they come up, because they do not want to find themselves where Toronto is now. We uh-huh. cannot be Cavalier. I don't mean Cleveland. Oh, this is About, confusing. I know. It's the Cavaliers
0: weren't even invited to the bubble. Yeah.
1: If yeah. the butt the Bucks surely know that they do not want to find themselves in the same spot that Toronto's in right now. And if they cannot rise up and uh and take care of business tonight, that should be a red flag going forward with Milwaukee and and any bets that you want to place <clears> upon them.
0: And speaking of the bets, the Celtics are five to one. Now going into this tournament, they were plus six fifty. They're now five to one. To win the uh NBA title. Um, and yeah, I don't think it'll go lower than that. I think if you want to jump on the Celtics, now's your chance because the Bucks should win. Will you teach Toronto me? Toronto could how, win.
2: Can I do that? I really want to do that, but I don't know how I to will. do that.
0: Oh, you want oh, you like five to one? Yeah. All right.
2: Help. Okay, you're in. Help.
0: You're in for a thousand dollars. You're already in. Isn't that nice? Oh,
2: yeah cool <laughs>
0: awesome wait a second are five
1: thousand dollars <gasps> no what happened? don't take advantage of poor charlotte she's excited about the celtics the bruins are done the patriots <laughs> are they, she can't make it uh, like any other patriots fan she doesn't even know what to root for brady or belichick i do year. know so she's she's put <laughs> but they're not gonna but the celtics ain't winning the title come on i mean they're uh... they're gonna get to to the finals but whoever they meet there is going to whip them. Dave,
0: And all I did was provide the odds, and she's like, will you teach me? Will you teach?" So what am I? I'm going to say I'm gonna no. I'm going to do it. I'm going to take gonna,
2: the Celtics.
0: I'll feel bad if the Celtics win, and she's uh, penniless over there. Yeah, you know? Exactly.
2: I
1: hope everybody listened to me when I said two weeks ago, three weeks ago, to bet the Celtics to get through the East, because that was a smart play. Now they're still, uh, what are they, plus 160 to, to right. get to the finals. Yeah. I'm, um, I'm doing that, it. I'm doing it. She's in way better way back when three weeks ago. Should have been. But yes, get in there. Charlotte. She's
0: serious. She's serious about this.
1: All right. Now we can't deny her, Dave. If someone wants
0: to bet, they should bet. They have to bet responsibly okay. and through FanDuel. Uh, but, but it, it's going to work out. It's going to work out for everybody, no matter who you want to bet. <laughs> is, that, hmm. is that, is it, should that be my closing line? Do we go away with the, all right. That's I like your we'll that. I going to say
2: so.
0: so. <laughs> <laughs> you know, what's funny. I, I, uh, uh, Dave, you know, this uh, guy, Brian Polk and our friend Brian Polk and Eric Emmerman. And we bet a few years ago that there will not be a double overtime game in the NHL playoffs. And uh, we had to put like stupid money on it. And not only was there a double overtime game, the very first playoff game went to four overtimes. And these guys are looking at me like, what the hell? You thought you said this is a lot. I was like, guys, just remember, we'll always have money. And they were so mad. (laughs) <laughs> people don't like that that's people like, don't guys, like that just we'll remember, you're all
2: my favorites
0: yeah that's right <laughs> that was back then you're all my favorites <laughs> like we'll always have money what we just lost in in, in in incredible fashion you said there'd be no two overtimes there were four overtimes
1: i love the idea of uh the two guys you just named a uh, texas guy uh, like like yeah all right we gotta Double overtime hockey never happens, right? It I yeah. must have been an easy um, audience for you to convince to bet your way. Though. Well, I, you know, it's funny. <laughs> I
0: write about this, and the same guy, and we d- discussed that Game 7, that Celtics-Lakers series, um, we were so bored, no one wanted to bet, and we wanted to bet – it was our office, we wanted to bet another office on the Celtics or Lakers, but we couldn't find any takers. So we're like, all right, we'll just bet each other. Like Then we realized we both all like the same team, so we said, all right, how about – if the game, if the series goes seven games, which it hadn't in like six years, we will do something stupid. And they're like, okay. And the, one of the things was we're going to take steroids. Oh my God. And then someone backed out. So no, but it was like, if the series goes seven games, we will get Botox. And lo and behold, as I just described, the Lakers and Celtics went seven games and we got Botox. Where? at At a Hooters in Hollywood on the second floor, while it was being robbed on the first floor by our friend Doctor Bruce Dave, you know him, uh injected us in the in the forehead and scalp with the uh, with Botox. Yeah,
2: uh, I am.
0: Yeah, good so no one won. Though. Yeah, there was no there was no winning. Like if we lost, there was only. Is that except why you look so young? I was very youthful looking. Yeah, I looked like Did, Justin okay, Bieber. Okay, so here's for the like thing. A, well, well, two weeks. No, we
2: don't have to. We don't have to go into Botox right now. Let's not do this. Let's. let's no, I'm gonna you don't stick. Like to, it? I'm what? gonna stick to sport.
0: <laughs> stick to sports. Yeah, well, you I mean, no. Actually, I'm going to
2: say it. The thing about Botox I've heard is that if you get yeah. it, you can't really stop getting it because it freezes your muscles, and then your face gets all like. Oh, was that a problem for you?
0: Uh, I don't. You tell me. I'm. I'm. No, I mean, you look. Me. I don't you know. look
2: fine, and you can move no, your eyebrows. The- so.
0: This was years ago. I, you know, I after that I only got Botox seven, eight times. So that was it. When no, I turned twenty eight, someone was that.
2: like, "Oh, so it's time for Botox?" And I thought they were joking. And I was like, "Ha And they were like, "No, seriously." What? And I was
0: really—is like, that what it is?
2: I guess I don't know. I'm, I'm just, I'm just aging uh, what? normally over here.
0: This is like the—you get a prostate exam when you're forty. <laughs> when twenty eight, you
1: have to get—it's like, time preventative for preventative
2: Botox. Botox. You got to get on it. And I was like, interesting. Uh,
1: wow. By the way. Um Charlotte, I know that sounds uh, pretty extreme to be doing that around the office and oh, let's go get botox if uh <laughs> things work out this way or the other. Sal once um I don't know why somebody did this but uh a colleague gave him um for I think it was Christmas or something, gave him a taser. Oh yeah. An actual an actual taser and um I said that that's just not a great idea. I know you think it's funny to give it to Sal. With it, I said, you'll, you'll see by day's end that this was a terrible decision. Within 45 minutes, the first batch of tasings around the office had begun. And by day's end, there was not a soul spared. Every single person <laughs> in the office had been tased at least Yes. I mean, it's it, really
2: hurt. I mean, that's like Chekhov's gun. It's like yes. Chekhov's taser.
1: Yeah. You give Sal a taser, tased.
2: like someone's getting tased.
0: Exactly, yes. and be, as well, result, it turns out we all did. And look at the muscles in Dave's forehead <laughs> as a result; as it's stiff as a board. Yes. No, but I shared it. I wasn't always the giver. I, you know, I was the recipient too. And I think we had oh, yeah. we had it, uh, an unwritten rule, which was uh, violated almost immediately. That you had to, you had to, uh, what do you? You had to agree to it. There had to be consent, right, to get taken. Men are
2: yeah. remarkably then- dumb. <laughs>
1: I remember. I remember. Really, it was. It was basically an electric chair. Yeah. Everybody would sit down and be like, "Okay, I'm ready. All right, go, go." What the hell are we doing? We're grown people, and this is what we're we're doing willfully. It was. I don't know what voodoo cousin Sal works, but that's what uh, a day. (laughs) That's what a day in the office with him is kind of like. Yes,
0: Charlotte. Just know when you turn 29, it's that's it's tasing time.
2: I've already, I I already have, guys. I made it to 31.
1: Oh, I missed it. Yeah. Okay, 36. Stay in bubble rock. Stay in bubble rock, Carl. Okay. Let's right. save yourself. Right. I, meant, I meant 32. 32 okay. is taking okay. time. T- uh, one
0: more thing from the bubble. Uh, Jimmy Butler, quickly becoming our favorites here, uh, he was interviewed and said, no offense to families, but this is a business trip for me. I'm not messing around. Everyone wants to have their family without a doubt, but we've been doing this for this long. What's another couple of months? Um, He says, this is an individual decision, and I respect that decision that my teammates make. But for me, I'm here for business. This, in regard, I should have set it up to him not wanting his family around the bubble. So second round of playoff starts, you could have family join you. Jimmy Butler says, "Uh uh-uh, you saw the commercial. I packed my bags. I was singing along the Hall of Notes. I'll see you people when I see you people. And this is, um, I didn't want to sound... um, insensitive, but this is absolutely the way I would handle this. Wouldn't you like this is we're coming off a a quarantine for like five months. I'll, you know, how much Uno can you play with these kids? Wipe their noses, break up fights. I'm now going to go do my job. And guess what? We'll go quarantine again together for the next however many months after I'm done with this. But for now, you have to stay away. I think this is a delightful outlook.
2: I mean, I honestly completely get it. When I first well, you told me yesterday about that. He said this. And my first reaction was like, that's kind of that's kind of harsh. Like, that's a little um, mean to your family. And then as I was thinking about it, I was like, no, wait a second. If I were in that situation, I could completely see how you would want to be able to focus because I mean, I don't know if this is where he's coming from, but I was thinking about it like if my family shows up at the bubble. I would feel an obligation to hang out with them. I would feel an obligation to entertain them to make sure they're doing okay. I think that when you're at home during playoffs, your family still has their own lives, right? Like they're going to school or your partner is going to work or doing whatever they do normally. You are not the focus of their entire 24 hours because they are in their normal home doing their normal thing. If they come to the bubble for you... There's some level of, I, I, it does kind of seem simpler to me. Like, I think it's wonderful if guys want their families to be there and they want to see them, that they can be there. But I also completely get where Butler's coming from.
0: Sure. Absolutely. Dave, how great would it be to avoid family responsibilities while playing basketball at a high level? <laughs>
1: <laughs> First of all, we have to officially and forever change his name to Jimmy Bubbler because he oh. has uh, he has embraced the bubble life as well as anybody has. Um, two, I will say, because, you know, I, I am bemused legitimately by the whole Mike Milbury fallout. Isn't that kind of what he was getting at with all of this? Yeah. I, you know, that. I uh, Mike Milbury shouldn't be talking about the NHL on TV because I don't think he does it very, uh, in, in a compelling fashion, but I thought that one was kind of, I think that's kind of what he was insinuating when he. Well, but, like, I think now he, sing- described- he singled out women, Mike right? Mike Milbury so family- said they don't have women yeah.
2: to distract them, which is very different from saying, I un- like, I understand not wanting your family there. I think saying that you don't have women around to distract you is messed up.
1: Yeah, I agree. I think it's poor. I, yes, I think it's poor. I, I, it's basically, though, comes down to kind of parsing words. Mike Milbury is this ex- uh, a uh, pugilist uh, with skates on, and I, you know, I'm uh, sure he's uh, not a wordsmith um, on the level. I, I bet you, if you could get into his heart, that's what he was getting at. Like we don't have distractions of family and everything else. I get why it was, uh, why it got the reaction it did on some level, but I also think that hey, I, a generous, later, read. I, I'm a generous read. I'm not defending Mike. I'm not. I believe me, I'm not here to defend Mike Milbury. Oh boy, so.
0: someone's <laughs> got a crush on Mike Milbury over there. <laughs>
1: My God! Let's just cut the last two and a half minutes. That's <laughs> it. I don't want. I don't want that stink on me. <laughs> no,
0: but the point is, Jimmy Butler's saying, "Hey, I'm dropping 40 a game here. We have a shot to upset the East favorite. Um, I don't want to worry about Jimmy Jr. asking me for more screen time for Roblox or something, right? Like this is. I'm focused. I want to stay focused. And uh, this is a team. This could last six more days. It could last six more weeks, so. I also um, want to preface what to I said by on.
2: saying that I have no children, so I have no idea what I'm talking about. What? Yeah. Shocking.
0: You told us you had three kids.
2: Tell. You, shut up.
0: Yeah, really? Oh, all right. You're not supposed no, to tell people that. All right, Charlotte that. has no you kid- got to stick has no with kids. my image. <laughs> Charlotte has a child with the lawnmower guy next door <laughs> that she doesn't want to speak about, but, um. <laughs> anyway uh good, good by you jimmy butler and good luck to the man I, I, I like that guy so much he's so much fun um we are eight days away eight days away from kickoff here's how Fanduel has the nfl shaping up the ravens and chiefs plus 650 to win the super bowl 49ers 9 to 1 saints 12 to 1 my cowboys 15 and tampas buccaneers 15 to 1 am I crazy or or should we just put a, a lot of money on the Ravens and the Chiefs at plus 650 and you're almost definitely going to have one of those teams to to watch in early February. Is that nutty, Dave? I don't know. Is that a bad plan?
1: Well, um, you might have missed uh, our Monday episode. I did. But on that one, I told you that the Ravens and Chiefs were so prohibitively oh, favored, right. okay. uh, 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 favored to get to the Super Bowl. The team or One and one, a teams that I like Colts one Steelers two I think those are, uh, there's some relative values there. And I mean, yeah, they're, they're a couple of, um, what would appear to be juggernaut level teams there. And, and I, the, the weaker side of things this year is the NFC side and I, I think that's where the compelling play might be. But you do you. I mean I'm not crazy <laughs> to say that the Chiefs that the the trend in the twenty first century isn't that the team that gets to the Super Bowl and wins falls off a cliff. It's that the team right. that gets to the loses. Super Bowl and loses losing does. Yeah. So the Chiefs are are certainly I'm I'm not going to overthink it or or uh, cast aspersions on anybody who thinks that Patrick Mahomes and company are going to be good. Dude. Well,
0: here's one way to look at it. And, I was, I'm, and I'm sorry, I did not uh, listen to Monday's episode yet. I've, it's, it's on my to do uh, on the way to work. But um, <laughs> Ravens and Chiefs. So you could play it this way, too. The Chiefs, everyone who says, oh, they're going to win three Super Bowls in the next 10 years or something. I don't know if that's the case, but you could pretty much double up on the Chiefs every year around this time at six to one. Eventually, I think you're going to get there sooner rather than later. Um, as far as Ravens and Chiefs go, and you you talk about the Colts and Steelers on the outside, uh, I'm going to teach you something about hedging. I don't do it very well, um, Charlotte, mm-hmm. but I do think the Ravens and Chiefs, one of them or both of them will get far enough that you could have he- hedge your bet and bring back the money that you initially invested and so that not lose out, even if one of those two teams don't uh, hoist the Lombardi trophy in February. I have but been I'll teach wondering you about,
2: that. about whether yeah. you can do that. <laughs> yes, truly i've been that. like okay now that i'm a big time gambler i'm gonna need mm-hmm. to you know build in some padding here so that i don't lose all of my money can i do so by betting two different things and i just learned that's called hedging oh, sure. so
0: oh absolutely yeah you could go against your bet um yeah will we'll, i'll teach you all about that i mean you already won money with the Celtics, so you gotta you you're playing with house house funds here uh hard knocks last night Anthony Lynn, I thought, was the MVP. So they took us back to you know how they handled um, the whole Jacob Blake situation, and we heard both coaches. We actually saw Sean McVay when he first saw the news of Jacob Blake, and he freaked out. And uh, it was an interesting TV moment. And then Anthony Lynn giving inspirational speeches for the full hour, and then wanted to hear his players talk about it, and and the Rams too. And they're shooting that last. I don't know if you guys saw that last scene. Is shot. I'm glad they got it. Um, you got a lot of emotional players and like really like strong, strong speeches. But I don't know if the cameras were supposed to be in there because it was shooting through everybody's legs. It was, um, it was, it was a weird thing. They also
2: didn't tell you who was talking, and I wonder yeah, right. if that was by design. I thought it was super important. I thought it was a really well done episode and handling of showing how thoughtful these guys have been about how they want to address police brutality, about how they want to use their platforms, about the the thought that went into the decisions of whether to practice or not. And um, I thought it was really important. There was a conversation between Robert Woods and Cooper Cup and, you know, Robert's black, Cooper's white. And, and it was a, a good moment to show how white people can, how it's just as important that you know, we understand and and talk about and stand up for what's going on. And Anthony Lynn said, um, you know, Harriet Tubman, who's a hero of his, he said she couldn't have done this without good white people. And so I thought it was sort of a galvanizing. Mm-hmm. It was like, OK, like we need everybody on board here. And I'm really glad that uh, NFL Network chose to to show that.
0: Yeah, it was pretty good.
2: Um. Yeah, I, I
1: I agree with you, and it's what's what struck me is they were kind of leading up to whether we practice or should we gather and and have a conversation as a reminder. Maybe people didn't hear the Friday episode of uh, Extra Points, and when, when we made this same point, you do not have the excuse that this is a distraction and is, is going to hurt the win loss column. Because I refer you once again. To the Philadelphia Eagles, Malcolm Jenkins took a personal stand. Chris Long put his arm around it. It is, to me, the greatest. uh, There was floating around my pal Mark Sessler floated out. What's your favorite football um, still that you've ever seen? I think up there, at least in the 21st century, not to sound saccharine or whatever, but is when is when Chris Long put his arm around Malcolm Jenkins. And that team wound up winning the Super Bowl at a time when everybody was saying, the reason we can't do that stuff is because we can't have those distractions right. on the field. It'll ruin the locker room. Then the Eagles end up hoisting the Lombardi. That was a as important a message for these guys who are like, we're getting paid. Football's our job. Yeah, they won the Super Bowl doing that. So I I think uh, good on... on uh, NFL films for showing that conversation and good on those teams for having.
0: it. Yeah. And Anthony Lynn got like, like I said, he was the MVP of the just great messages all the way through, but it seems like he's aged 15 years in three weeks. I don't know. Did he have gray hair? Um, when this started like August 2nd, I don't know <laughs> 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 that he did. I hope things get easier I, for him.
1: I'll also say in football terms. Yeah, that was interesting, but, I thought it was within one episode and obviously in the way they tell the story might impact this, but the episode begins with Justin Herbert feeling kind of like halting and, you know, a little shy. And then he starts making some place. I think he's one of those guys who's going to need that sort of positive affirmation mm-hmm. to succeed because that's, that's what he's known as is, you know, in the scouts notes is, hey, he might be a little too quiet. He might be a Marcus Mariota type in the huddle. I felt like, he made a big stride yeah. within that episode, and now I'm excited. Like, ah, Derwin James is a heartbreaking story. Again, this guy so Injured. dominant is out. Put him out on the field. Justin Herbert, add some electricity to the offense it could in a division that includes Patrick Mahomes.
0: Right, they're going to have trouble uh, clawing their way to the top anyway, and especially then we saw Mike Williams' injury. Now, the thing that gets me, the, mu- the hard knocks music. First of all, that, that intro is terrific. I don't know why I can't remember it now. But it's a Game of Thrones esque and mm-hmm. how it gets you excited. Dun, dun,
1: dun, dun, dun. Yeah, right.
0: Yeah. But similarly on the sad side, when they do the guitar rip, the very slow mm. uh, this player is injured, and we're gonna see uh three guys drag him off the field, and we're gonna hear the the F curse uh 16 times. Um very, very powerful. You know, like the Brady Bunch. Remember they would slow them there. When when Greg had to apologize for stealing the lantern or something, whatever the hell was going on. The power of music, Dave, it's not all built to spill, you know? This this NFL mm. Fins has a right. Okay. Can I get that across? Power, your- powerfully
1: said. So. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah.
0: Thank you. No, but I like that. Not- <laughs>
1: i do like that yeah it that, that, that is a funny thing best yeah the heart strings music in old sitcoms that that's something that yeah. since seinfeld everybody feels like oh no we can't do that that's cheesy but yes go back through the 80s family ties oh they they definitely had yeah, they nailed yeah, it yeah the, the sad instrumentals underneath too yeah
0: um the other thing i want to talk about brian london is cut they i think they cut a few players he comes in and Les Need, the GM, says to him, Sean McVay says his piece. And they're like, first of all, it's all very weird. It's like if I were there getting cut, all they do is tell you how great you are when you get cut. Like you're a dynamite player. Uh boy, you weren't out there a lot, but when you were, you really made a difference. And we're gonna, some team is gonna be lucky to have you. And maybe it's us. And it's like you're sitting there, you're probably like, what the hell you just, what? Why, why am I getting cut again? I've, I've heard eight great things about myself that uh, I haven't heard since high school, but then less need hits Brian London with, we're just going to bring in some guys with different body types.
2: Imagine if someone <laughs> said that to you in your job, not as a football player, if they're like, yeah, ah, just, we're going to try someone with a different body type. And you're like, but like I'm an accountant and they're like, well, you know, just think we need a little more weight around the office. Like I do think, um, I would appreciate it if I were one of those players getting some reason. Um, mm-hmm. even if it was a blow to my ego, it's like, Well, you can't block. I'd be like, Okay, well, at least I know because I think that it's sort of like getting broken up with and being like, You're wonderful and you know, I think you've it's been so great, but like this I'm leaving. And you're like, Well, but but you said I'm great. Like what Yeah. You know, it's almost like at least give give some um bulletin board material or something. So I think it was kind of nice when they told him, like, you're not big enough. It's pretty simple. Yeah, it's
0: not you. It's not you. It's me, right? That, that, also, that's the whole thing. But, I also yeah, did this think doesn't... that
2: it was impressive. I, I appreciated how Sean McVeigh, I don't know if it was because he knew there were cameras there, but he did say a different thing to each guy getting cut. He didn't have a boilerplate speech right. that he gave to each of them when he let them go.
0: I always thought about that, too. How much effort are they putting in because the cameras are on them? Or is it just the same kind of thing over and over? We We don't see... We only see three of 30 cuts, right? So eventually they have to repeat themselves. Right. But yeah, Dave, any other workplace, this is unacceptable with the body type, right?
1: Well, yeah. But if if somebody did tell me we're going to look at some different body types, I would promptly go and get some Botox. <laughs> but um, <laughs> the, um, yeah, it, what, what occurred to me was, and you, you mentioned the breaking up with people, I would much rather, Charlotte, I w- if I were breaking up with somebody, it wouldn't be, of course, people have to dump me, you know? So oh, I mean, right, it, right. Who who am I? Dumping? No one could who, let Dave Danishikko in, in this. No, I'm saying the opposite. Who who in the world would ever uh, want? I'll tell uh, who would ever want to um, choose to be oh, with me. Stop but anyway, it. Um, only Mike Milbury uh, at this point, <laughs> right? I'm I'm down to that. No, I I think that the, what's um what was funny about that is that 2020 allows that kind of wiggle room, kind of thing. Like, are you a um, let's just take a break right now or like, this is it forever. I never want to see you again. This allows the GMs and coaches th- this year to kind of be like, I don't know. Let's just take a break. Let's see what else is out there. We'll come, we can come back together. We'll come back right, together in like, a couple of weeks if things when go. When 20 of our guys that's, get that's COVID, nice...
2: we're going to need you, pal. And they're like, what? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And we'll, uh, we're not done.
1: Maybe let's stay Let's stay friends for now and just see where this thing goes. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah, th- I
0: like there is that little part of it. Like, they they all seem to say that about the COVID. Like, hey, just root for this thing to spread. You'll <laughs> be right back in camp, you know? <laughs> Let the invisible virus take over, and it's going to do wonders for your career. Um, but anyway, great job by McVay. Great job by Anthony Lynn, who I thought was uh, the best part of the episode. And then there are coaches like Bill Belichick doing Subway commercials. Mm. Uh, debuted yesterday. I don't know. I saw it for the first time yesterday. I'm not sure Subway was part of the TB12 diet, which is maybe why they didn't get along so great at the end. But um, doesn't bug me as much as Adina Menzel, but he's no Jimmy Butler. What, what do you guys think about this?
2: Well, obviously I have thoughts. Uh, I do think maybe I'm reading way too much into this. Maybe I like drama too much. I think it was a little bit of shade at Tom Brady. It's like, oh, you only eat avocados like I eat processed bread. Um, Mm -hmm. (laughs) so I appreciated that I also think that Bill Belichick probably gave the producer and director literally 15 minutes of his time because he's in one shot and they had to put in the sound of scissors cut the whole joke is that he cuts the sleeves off some guy's suit and they had to put in post they had to put the sounds of scissors because I don't think he even gave them enough time for for him for them to film him cutting the sleeves off this guy's jacket and then the whole first 10 seconds are clearly a body double. So I, I like to think that Bill was like, yeah, I'll do this for a lot of money and I'm going to give you 10 to 15 minutes and right. you're going to get one take. And Subway was like, done. Great. Sounds right. awesome.
0: Perfect. Yeah, he's like, the only cameras I'm dealing with is spy cameras right now. You could shut those off after 10 <laughs> minutes. I'm done. Come on. No, I wonder, though. I Yeah, I well, I forgot to look for that. Was there a shot? Was there a wide shot with? Both oh, yeah. Of
1: them? Um, oh, yeah. I saw I saw Charlotte, you tweeting about that. And I thought that's exactly yeah. right. Yeah. He is. He's a pain in the ass curmudgeon. Clearly, people who know him well say, oh, no, he's got a he's got a wonderful sense of humor and he's he's a different guy. But I just really do as a as a life choice, as you go through when you have cameras pointed at you or even if you're in your workplace and there aren't cameras there, but you're interacting with other human beings on a on a regular. What kind of choice is that that like that you're known like describe Bill Belichick or whoever that guy describe oh, he, he's curmudgeon, pain in the ass. Like, be careful how you approach him. Like, is that who you want to be going through life? i i I understand it's a successful head coach and he's, got all those Lombardis and everything. It's just, it's starting to stand out to me. I'm prickly these days. And, and it, that's what emerged for me. It was like, yeah, even on the commercial shoot, you have to come off like a gigantic pain in the ass, Belichick. Come on. Yeah. I, 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 I just don't think it's as charming as everybody else does it.
0: I imagine Jared from Subway watching from prison and being like, I can't believe they signed this scumbag. <laughs> <laughs> what where, where, where are the, where's the morality now with Subway? They yeah. really hit the skids here his
1: QB deflated balls. That's okay. But what I did, you know, like, come on. I, uh, uh, well. I
2: once ran into, I was at one of my best friends, um, had a bachelorette party on Nantucket probably four or five years ago now. And, um, there was, we were playing cornhole at this brewery and I heard the guy, there was a guy, um, playing a different set next to me. And I heard him I heard his girlfriend say, "Can you stop looking for Bill Belichick and just play the goddamn game?" And I was like, "Ooh, okay, so Bill Belichick is here." So I stopped playing my game and dragged my friend, who was the bride, around the brewery trying to find him. And as I was like, "Okay, I guess he's not here anymore," I gave up. I turned around and ran smack into him, like walked into Bill Belichick. Nice. And he was smiling. He did have a cutoff Andover sweatshirt on, but he was smiling and his girlfriend, Linda holiday was there and they were just having the best time. And I was like, okay, so this, this is a choice on some level. Like I think Bill's kind of just trolling everybody with the, with the curmudgeon act. And, and because I'm a Boston fan, I respect it. I don't know honestly how I would feel if I weren't
0: interesting. Well, I hope he didn't uh, talk to the bride to be about cheating because, he, like I said, he's a master. Uh, is that marriage still going?
2: Yeah, no, they're they're great. Okay. She actually she asked him um, if he rode his bike. He left by himself and got on a bike and is like riding away down the dirt road alone, which I thought was funny. But before he got on the bike, she got up the courage to ask him for a picture because her now husband is a huge Pats fan, and um, he just looks at her and goes, "Yeah, I'm, I don't do that." And she was like, oh. Okay. Uh, <laughs> so maybe it's not super enact, but there you go. I All also right. think he was yeah, like, I, I don't need a picture of me with with like women circulating on the internet.
1: Yeah, yeah. The trolling thing, yeah, that's exactly right. There's a football food chain. It goes GM head coaches, they condescend to the media. You guys don't know what you're talking about. I don't look to you for any advice. When I need your X and O help, I'll let you know kind of stuff. Then those media members get a chip on their shoulder, and then they have to condescend to the fans. You don't really know what you're talking about. I happen to be plugged in, and so it goes. It's, it's uh, an annoying, unnecessary um, sidebar to, to, to the delight that is pro football. That's true.
0: All right. But the big question is, does this commercial inspire Bill Belichick to win coach of the year honors in the NFL? FanDuel has odds on this. I like these because the numbers are high to begin with. You could take a couple of stabs. As you said, Charlotte, mm-hmm. you could bet a few of these and, and, and get out a winner. Mike McCarthy. There we go. Cowboys 12 to 1 odds. The favorite, if you will. Bill Belichick, 14 to 1 odds. He has not won this award in a decade as good as the Patriots have been. Stunning. I guess the writers just don't like him. Bruce Arians, 14 to 1. Frank Reich, 14 to 1. Ron Rivera, 16 to 1. McVay and Lynn, 26 and 30 to 1. Dave, your Mike Tomlin is 26 to 1. That seems very high for a team that, you know, it's not like they went 14 and 2 last year. If they turn it around, he's right there in the mix. This was won by John Harbaugh last year, Nagy uh, the year before, and Sean McVay the year before that. What do you guys think? Who are you taking a shot at here, Dave, for coach of the year? It's fun odds.
1: Yeah, I agree. I don't think that um Mike Tomlin's in a position to get it. Yeah. He'll if they or Bruce Arians for that matter. I think uh, both of those guys, if those teams succeed, it will be attributed obviously to their Hall of Fame QB. Yeah. Um more than I and Belichick is kind of that's that's uh, you know, one of those paradoxes that has gone on for decades and decades that if you um, are the chief architect of a, a, a perennial contender that you don't get credit? Mm-hmm. Belichick obviously is that guy. If he does it with number one though, Tom Brady, the goat of all time, that well, that's what goat already means all time. Yeah. Anyway, um, <laughs> if it, with with a with new QB and everything else, and they still end up winning that division, I think he's your he's he's a great bet. But I like your guy, Sal. I like Mike McCarthy. He gets mm. that team. They win the division. I think he's he's going to end up being coach of the year I I guess so
0: but can we give Jason Garrett an award for um being Jason Garrett somehow won this award four years ago but if Mike McCarthy wins I think Garrett should get an award too like hey jackass this is what anyone normal anyone with normal abilities could do with this team and not lose six out of seven uh one score games all right Charlotte who are you going with I think Bill Belichick
2: I well I think if Belichick wins with cam and without nine of his players because of covid that would probably be the most the closest anyone the closest he could get to winning this award because i think it's kind of the thing where you know in school when the person who's clearly the best at something over and over and over the teacher's like i'm not i can't just like give you this award you know there's sort of a um Mm -hmm. a desire to be contrarian because it's like well let's take him out of the running because he keeps doing this um, he keeps winning <laughs> not to brag Um, but I think <laughs> that that would be the closest he could come to winning it if he does it this year I still don't think he will Um, I think I like McCarthy too I feel like this is a a real opportunity for him to kind of stick it to Jason Garrett and be like uh, I was able to do what you couldn't do with basically Mm. the same group of guys. Uh, And I think that that would be a turnaround to the point that people would be, the short-term memory would kick in and be like, oh yeah, they were bad, now they're good. Mike McCarthy, even though, you know, Mike McCarthy hasn't historically Delivered with very right. talented teams, but what are you going to do? Well,
0: what, what what about the specifics of someone actually voting for him? Is this kind of like an F you to Belichick? Like, yeah, you can win your titles, you can win your Super Bowls, but when it comes down to this award you need our vote right it has nothing to do with what you can do right now we have to vote for you and this is where we're going to take it from you i wonder if there's that much bias maybe i'm overthinking it but what the hell why hasn't this guy who didn't has made it to the afc championship every year for the last 10 years except for one why hasn't he won more than 0 times in the last decade
1: like it's bizarre it's, I think the answer is both of the above. I think Charlotte's exactly right that there is something about consistency. By the way, consistency is a little bit um, overused as a, as a quality, as the Cleveland Browns and New York Jets have shown us. <laughs> uh, consistency by itself is not a virtue necessarily. Okay. But um, yes, if you're consistently good, you, you know, people react to shiny new keys. Oh, that team came out of nowhere. We have to award that other coach. But I also think that... um there, there are a number of examples of Ted Williams, uh, you know, whatever that was, seventy years ago, not getting MVP votes because he was a jerk to the media. Right. And I think, I think maybe there, there probably is some of that at play. Look, look at Terrell Owens, at the, the 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 third or fourth best receiver of the Super Bowl era, had to wait three years to get into the Hall of Fame because he wasn't nice to somebody in the locker room. It's ridiculous. You know yeah. what else? Yeah, got just
2: looking at these names. I re- I haven't heard about Frank Reich in a while. Mm -hmm. I haven't heard like people have sort of mentioned the Colts and Philip Rivers, but I haven't heard his name in a while. I was like, is he still a coach?
0: Yeah. Yeah. No, he's, uh, he's kind of taking a backseat to the Colts news, um, lately. Right. But, uh, yeah, like Dave says, if they're, they could be a division winner. And then at 14 to one, he's not bad. I'm going similarly with cliff Kingsbury, 18 to one. Now the question is who's going to be the 49ers of, uh, last year, this year, um, Could it be Arizona? They're stuck in that really tough division. The Rams are going to compete no matter what. Seattle seems to put up 10 wins no matter what. I don't think the 49ers are going away, but I do think Arizona could go from 5-10-1 to a playoff team, and Cliff Kingsbury got to like that sweet draft pad he had. You know, he didn't have the dog in the 70s uh, kitchen like Belichick. He did it a different way. Stylish, stylish, retro, uh, you know, I'm sorry, very modern-looking pad. He's he's the guy I think he might be at 18 to one. Plus, my friend Harry lives around the corner from him. He digs through his trash uh, regularly and um, he sees that this is this is a goal of Cliff Kingsbury. Yes. To win this coach of the year award. I think 18 to one is not bad, but let's take a few of these. Let's let's really figure it out after the show.
1: And, uh, I love that one, Sal. On, like, I think that's them. a good. I think uh, yep. Arizona, in a lot of different ways, I've said before, Kyler Murray is my pick to win the MVP because things align for him. The defense should be improved, but it's not going to be a dominant one, ergo. You're going to see this, uh, you know, high octane offense, if you will, out there, and there's not going to be much defense, so they're going to be in a lot of shootouts. That leads to. Um, humongous numbers for your quarterback. But, yeah, I love that. And year-to-year kind of stuff. Stefanski, if he goes into Cleveland and improves them by – say, three or four wins, then obviously you start, look at what he did, he fixed Baker Mayfield. He'll get a lot of credit for that, too. He might be a good guy to yeah. throw something at yeah, you.
0: get. I don't know. You get They have the number two receiver, number one receiver in the year now, uh, Arizona, in football. It's, uh really yep. can make some waves.
2: I also don't think oh, they're loaded. can discount that Cliff Kingsbury is handsome, and the media loves a handsome young coach. It's true. That Maybe that's, that's
1: why Coach Belichick
0: has fallen short in this category it could be. so many times.
1: Yeah, I don't get. I don't. I, I've said it before, and I'm going to say it again now. I'm no no knock on the guy. Cliff Kingsbury seems like a fine enough looking guy, but give me Lafleur up in Green Bay. Oh that's, yeah, that's <laughs> now that's the most handsome devil in uh, NFL head coaching. Mm, all right. I mean, I, I don't know. Maybe a little over groomed, but still much more handsome than Kingsbury. Kingsbury.
0: Well, on. apparently, you haven't uh, laid eyes on Mike McCarthy lately, so. <laughs> Um, all right. Touche. He looked hey,
2: great right right on draft so. night, McCarthy, with his face just like <laughs> right up to the Zoom.
1: <laughs> I once yelled to him um, at a Super Bowl. I saw him down on the field at uh, Super Bowl forty-five, and I said, hey, coach, and he had uh, he had security guards on either side of him, and he was being hurried off the field, and um, he wasn't taking any questions, obviously. I said, hey, coach, what's the best kind of meat to get on your pramani sandwich? and he and they were pulling him away, and he stopped, and he like shrugged off the security guards, and he turned back to me and he said, Capicola <laughs> then, that's Pittsburgh through and through. I love it it's gobagol,
0: goal. come on, <laughs> all right, yeah, so let's bet a bunch of these and uh." You know, how could we lose? Uh, let's roulette it. Let's we'll just bet every single one and see um, if we have money at the end. Bet every coach to win coach of the year. I think that could work, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, Charlotte, that's the first rule. That, that okay. cannot. No. You can't do You can't do it. Okay. Uh, hey, that's it. Well, it's not the end of the show because we have to deliver our final points, our extra points. And Charlotte, what's your extra point?
2: My extra point is a little sappy but uh-huh. bear with me because um my extra point is if you are thinking about someone or wondering how they're doing just reach out and ask them um i think that we are sort of in just a huge slog right now and it can be i can sometimes be bad at responding to texts or getting back to people but it always means a lot when someone i haven't talked to in a while just reaches out and Last night Hmm. I was thinking about a friend, and I just sent her a text, and we had a nice talk. And I was like, you know what, this feels uh, this feels nice. So that's my my extra point.
0: Wow, oh, that's that is nice. That flies in the face of my theory that just assume everyone's doing fine and move on. But (laughs) yeah, no, I think I think yours is
2: (laughs) well, I mean, that that could work too. But I just, you know, I was (laughs) just thinking, I was like, I was kind of couldn't think of an extra point, and I was like, what, just like. Or if you're thinking something nice about someone, just like tell him like Joe and uh, wherever he wrote from. Like, thank you. That was a nice yeah. thing to say about my laugh.
0: Joe from from Lincoln, Nebraska. No, it is nice. And you're right. And and right now, a lot of us have more free time than we would. So instead of checking Instagram and everything
1: else, uh, reach out. It doesn't take doesn't take much, Dave. Right. True, true. And uh, shout out to some people on the banks of the Three Rivers, Um, my old man and uh, Uncle Scott specifically, both uh, dealing with their stuff. Mm -hmm. Best to both of them. I'll make a football um, extra point for you here. The reaction that I saw midday yesterday to the news that the Saints were willing to trade Alvin Kamara. It's It's a great indicator, by the way, of that. Proper journalism is just is mostly not solely, but is largely reactive to whatever is put out there by someone in a position to know something. You react, you reactively put it out there. Well, the Saints said we're willing to trade Alvin Kamara. All of a sudden, everybody react. The reaction to they might be doing. Don't take the bait though. They're not actually going to trade. I know people say, oh, they might. You don't know what you're talking about. The Saints in what figures to be Drew Brees' last season are not about to trade their superstar running back away. I know the brand name Breeze is a big one in pro football, and he's going to get a gold jacket and everything else. But – the Saints, that, Drew Brees is a high-end point guard at this point at, at this point in his career. All he does is deliver the ball to Michael Thomas and Alvin Kamara. If you think they would remove 41 from the equation in what they hope is a Super Bowl year, then uh, then you're more gullible than I would have thought. And probably by the time this post, uh, Alvin Kamara will have been traded <laughs> away. <laughs> no. But we'll see. You're we'll right. We'll see. First
0: of all, 41 is Tom Seaver. Don't don't make that mistake
1: again. Uh, Alvin Kamara is a nice player and everyone's fantasy uh, dream. But no, 41. Surprisingly rich uniform number in sports history. Yeah. 41, as you would think, there's nobody who ever wore it. But there are there some and uh, names on um, there. There you go.
0: Yes. And I agree with you. This was all uh, smoke and mirrors to get him signed. And I'd be very, very surprised if he ended up on another team. Um, here's my extra point. We're all gonna throw soup at each other. There's just no denying it. There's just no getting around it. But let's try to throw bisque if we can. Bisque is heavier. Like if we're looking to hurt each other, which seems to be the uh the the goal here, throw bisque. It's heavier. For the most part, it's it's got cream and uh, you know, it's got some heft. You're gonna do a lot more damage with bisque than just regular soup, as some of our leaders more might point out. Um, and also, if it's lobster bisque, I know you're with me here, Charlotte. Mm-hmm. You're doing it with class. It's a classy way mm-hmm. to um, to uh, defeat your opponent. Throw bisque, not soup. That's my extra point. You're probably going to hear that a lot today, but um, I, I don't know. <laughs> that's my extra
1: point. A nice a nice five bean can have some heft to you're it right. too. That's if a, if honestly, you can't come up with that's the,
2: what J.R. Smith did when he threw the soup. It was I think it was chowder. It was thick. You know.
1: Is that what it was?
2: I think so, yeah. I think it was clam chowder. I think it had weight to it.
1: What so wait, on? so soup is offensive. Paint is defensive. That's what I've learned this year yes. from uh, from our leaders. Yes. yes. Paint is a defense mechanism. Right. Okay. I, I, I... Oh, one more f- extra point, <laughs> if I may. Subscribe to minus three. Yeah, subscribe yes. subscribe
0: to minus three. That's coming out Friday, the end of the week. That is Dave and Jeff Schwartz. They're going to be hitting Northeast uh, football it's going to be great great talk uh, against all odds we will have previewing the AFC over under wins the NFC over under wins that comes out tomorrow uh, we have Jerry Ferrer and Jen Piacente they have waiver wire that's the big fantasy podcast and there's a lot lot going on here subscribe to all our shows at extrapoints.com and uh, any other plugs aside from um, uh, Bisk and and uh, Dave what did you say Alvin Kamara
1: I'll, I'll I'll leave it at oh, that. Oh yeah, for yeah, Dave, you
0: did your thing, Charlotte. You have an announcement?
2: Uh, no, I will have one on Friday though, so everyone okay. should be excited for that. It was going to be right. today, but now I'm going to announce it on Friday.
0: Charlotte's getting Botox. Yep. Uh, <laughs> three years late, but whatever. I'm giving myself Botox. There you go. Uh, I'm at the cousin Sal on Twitter, and always remember, even though you may feel like an underdog, you're all <laughs> still my favorites. I. St- I you still can't. screwed Every it time. up. I still threw a, an extra word or two in there. What happened? Well, I, I was great at this two weeks ago. That's now, now preseason.
1: Work out the car. You're right. Exactly. Together.
0: All right. See you Friday. <laughs>